What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of the Blue Collar Narrative. You got Matt Totten, Greg Johnson, Rick Valco, and I'm Brian Furness. Glad to have you here. Glad to be here. Yeah. What's going on, everyone? So tonight's topic, instead of doing an interview, we're going to change things up a little bit for you. We're going to talk about what to expect during an apprenticeship as a new guy or girl in the industry. Or how to even get it? How do you get into an apprenticeship? How to get it going. I'm going to say the topic is apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. Nothing outside of apprenticeship. That's all we're going to talk about is apprenticeship. Fair enough. We'll go with that. So, how to be a newbie. So, how do you get into an apprenticeship? (laughs) Fire it off, Greg. You you came into this with such vigor. You knew what you were on fire. There is a lot of ways to get into an apprenticeship. Um, There's the union route. There's the non-union route. First off, I would say that would have to be your well time out. Yeah. What is even yeah, what an is an apprenticeship? apprenticeship? Yeah. Before we even go down that road for some of the people that All right. want to get into the industry and there's some other stuff going on. What is even an apprenticeship? Apprenticeship is the blue collar way of going to college. So you yeah. are there to learn and get paid. Learning is number one. Getting paid is number two. And well, I do. How much does it cost you? Well, zero. It does cost you zero. But at the same time, I want to set a clear expectation because... I do feel like there's a lot of kids that come out and they want the big money right away. They want $50 an hour, absolutely, 100 grand a year or, or pretty quick afterwards. And where I go is what, what Greg just said perfectly encapsulates it. It is a college education for the trades and you have to view it as you're getting an education. Now, our education, you don't have to pay for. You're going to get paid. But at the same time, but you are paying for it. You're paying for it by the sweat of your brow. Absolutely. You're putting sweat equity Ah, into it. Okay. But, but you have to go into it knowing, Hey, there's going to be this two to four year period, depending on how quick you learn, depending on what route you go, where you're not going to make serious money. And and, you're not going to starve to death either. But, and you're not also living off of debt. I mean, you're getting paid while you're, while you're learning. Correct. So So how do I sign up to get a apprenticeship? That's what I was going to say. The first thing you have to do is figure out if you want to go the union route or the non-union route. I am not, I'm going to stay out of that conversation as much as possible. There are pros and cons to both. There is. And I'm, I'm not going to go down that road tonight. What I will go down is it's two very different streets. You have to pick which one fits you the best. Yeah. And the union apprenticeship, especially with electrical, there is a minimum standard, a test that you have to take an aptitude and a knowledge test to even enter into the apprenticeship. Program. Isn't that with any apprenticeship or no? Not all of them. No. All right. No. So I know on the excavating side, if you go through the union, you do have an aptitude test, but it yep. is, I mean, it's very straightforward. It's, the, it's the, basic arithmetic. It's the electrical one is very hard. Is it? Yes. Interesting. It's, it's actually, I know several people have failed it. Interesting. Yeah. The excavating one from everyone that I've talked to is very straightforward. It's, it's basic writing and reading. They just want to make sure that if you sit through the classes, you go through the apprenticeship, you're you're going to be able to understand the content. You're going to, you got to do basic math. My my apprenticeship was like, run this hand shovel boy. Yeah. Well, Well, that's a non-union route. And that's, that's, that's that's why I said, I'm going to stay off of the union, non-union radar because if you start non-union, there is a way to segue into a union contractor. 100%. It's kind of like being redshirted into a college. Yep. yep. Uh, if somebody finds you that they like, they can pick you up and, and you can, can be what they you. call a sponsor. Yes. Isn't that like Lettered you can find in. a sponsor? Yep. Right? Lettered in, yep. however you want to do it. And you can transfer over to a union company. Yep. 
But you know, there's there you have to pick a route. You have to figure out this is what I want to do and kind of set out a roadmap. And then you have to, as an apprentice, start creating goals and expectations for yourself. Yeah. Where do I want to be in two years? Where do I want to be in a year? I, I want to take. <clears throat> I want to walk that back a step, though. Yep. Have that plan before you get into the apprenticeship, because that's absolutely that's, that's going to be a key factor. First and foremost, that's your roadmap yes. on what you're doing. Yeah, and that's because a lot that's, of times that's telling you what you want to do or non union. Yeah. I mean, yep. right there, what do you want to get, and how quick do you want to accelerate? You know, whether that's you go, determine it. Whether you go non union or union doesn't matter. You're the only one driving how fast you move through this. Yes. Well, why can't no, nobody's going to be there to go, come on, little Johnny, we're going to make it to the next yeah. step. That's yeah. up to you. You, you drive nobody your own ca- success. Nobody cares if you fail in this. So why Correct. can't I just buck the apprenticeship and just go apply for a job and just bypass it all? You can, but you're still considered an apprentice because you don't know anything. Yeah. So so you have you just to stop be, thinking would that about, be called you just be a greenhorn coming in and then learn in the uh, the field you just don't have the so uh, if you really kind of back it up the the apprenticeship term is really used in a union context but it doesn't matter anytime you come into an industry green not knowing anything yep. you are an apprentice, an apprentice. Yep. and so well, whether you're that, union or non-union that's not true though it's not. Because in an electrical contractor, an HVAC contractor, and a plumbing contractor, if you never register with the state as an apprentice, you're no longer, you're, you're not an apprentice. Well, you're just yes. a guy. So in my mind, though, you're, you're getting into like the technicalities of it, which. Right. And that's kind of the part of the, the thing about this. You do have podcast. to research your particular trade to see where, what avenues you got to do. be a little different on. On what's required, what yep. kind of testing there is, yep. uh, you know, whether or not is because in the excavating industry, there is no list I go sign is if right. I'm in the, if I get accepted into the mm. union apprenticeship, you are an apprentice and you're in that program. And that brings me to one thing. There's a lot of plumbing companies out there, especially in the service industry that do not carry a master plumber's license. They run under a repair or they run under a... Um, builder's license mm-hmm. Interesting. because they're a repair. So water softeners are one of the biggest, you know, kind of workarounds. Yeah. Water softener companies, 90% of them do not have a master plumber on staff. Interesting. So if you go start out your apprenticeship with a water softener program and you complete three years of on the job training with them and you leave, it's not boy. Didn't count. That yeah, sucks. That's, so, and I wonder, do they, nobody, if you don't look into it, you don't know. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. Nobody's going to come out and say, hey, kid, give me your time. And when you leave here, you'll get nothing. Yeah. Nobody's going to point that out. Yeah. So you have to do your homework. And that's why when an apprentice comes to work for me, I tell them, go on the state registry, fill out your apprenticeship license. Here is my master plumber's license to register your apprenticeship. Interesting. I'm not going to do it for you. You're yep. going to have to do it yourself. Take the but initiative. I'll give you all the tools you need to go register. Yourself. Yeah. So once you've kind of done the homework <laughs> on on your particular industry that you want to get into, mm-hmm. and you line up a company. Yep. What should you expect? Let's kind of go through that first day. What should you expect coming in as as a brand new apprentice? A brand new apprentice. I I think we talked about this on the last one. You're going to want to study up on your measurements. You're going to want to study up on how to read a tape measure. You're going to want to start learning the tools. The tools are a big thing. Those are going to be the things that your employer is going to start saying, hey, go grab me a saw. Hey, go grab me this. Go grab me some tubing cutters. You know, whatever it is, whether you're an electrician, hey, run down to the van and grab me a pipe bender. You know, whatever it is, 
You're going to want to start learning. You you can sit here on the Google machine and start, you know, go through Home Depot. Yeah. See if you can name every single tool in the tool aisle yeah. and know what it does. Yeah. You know, or if you're going to want to become an electrician, go down the electrical aisle. Make sure you know what all of that stuff oh, is. And I can tell you right now, you can go to a, a hundred YouTube videos. If you, if you search for your particular trade, Thousands. basic tools, you will find hundreds, if not thousands of videos of guys walking you through basic tools for an electrical and, and guy, that's basic why, tools for a plumber, basic tools yep. for excavating. Over the years, you know, me being a superintendent, you know, I'd, I would see how certain journeymen, you know, pipe fitters, plumbers, you know, all, all across the board would run their apprentices, you know, and some of them would run them ragged, you know, just go get this, go get that without explaining. The kids don't know what they're doing. I'd sit there and watch how much time was wasted yeah. watching these kids scourge through the van, you know, try to figure out, and then one day I got to a giant school job and it was a summer job and we were on a deadline and this electrician foreman, uh, journeyman came in and he had, I think like 10 apprentices and she's like, dude, this job is going to go south real quick if I don't do something. And he took the initiative every lunch break, every day you'd, you'd bring lunch for the guys and there's probably eight to 10 guys and you sit them down at his van, which was uh, it was a warehouse, you know, with all the fittings and everything. Yep. And he sat there and explained to them, if I tell you to go get this, this is what you're going to get. Well, you, you can get that. This, you can get that same. And I've, I've told my apprentices to do this. You can get that same training in Home Depot. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, if yeah. you go there, so you learn all the tools and you can name them. Then you can go down the plumbing aisle yep. and go, well, this is a 45. Yep. This is a street 45. Yeah. This is a trap. That requires absolutely no teaching whatsoever. Well, I like, I like that idea. a lot of times, idea. if you got questions, the guy in the Home Depot aisle's happy to answer it for you, and yeah. you don't have to feel like an idiot. He's a is, paid is a, trainer. As a matter of yeah. fact, the uh, one here in Fenton, Michigan, I, he doesn't work there anymore, but that was the Livingston County Inspector. Yes. Worked at Home Depot. Yep. Dan Drew did. So that's hmm. actually, so I'm a former Orange Apron. Thank you, thank you. And that's actually a program that, Sadly, Home Depot phased out, but they used to have yes. old master plumbers, old electricians. Yep. They were the department heads of those departments. Yep. And that way, if you had any questions, you had a, a licensed, Knowledge. knowledgeable person, person. Yeah. that could right. answer your questions. So if I'm, how do I wire this box in my house? Yep. I'm talking to an actual electrician that's yeah. licensed to do this. Yep. And But still, the, the concept's the same. They're, a green apprentice needs to learn the tools. The fittings, yep. yeah. the name of the pipe. Yep. You know, is it EMT? Is it rigid? Is it plastic? Is it, you know, PVC? Is it PEX? Is it CPVC? As soon as you can learn all that stuff, you're going to put yourself so far Correct. ahead of the yeah. pack. 100%. And that's all on you. And that's nobody's going to make you do it. And that's yep. immediately and that what puts your you one step ahead is going to pick up on. Of, oh, this guy's taking the initiative. And okay. that's yeah. what I was going to say. As an employer, I'm going to notice that fairly Absolutely. quick. I brought yeah. a kid in, you know, and he's only been here a month and he can already tell me what every fitting is, what every tool is, what, you know, and that's going to put you ahead of the pack. So yeah. when it comes layoff time or winter time or things get slow, you're going to want to keep your best apprentices. So yeah. the faster you can become the best apprentice of the pack, of your head of the you game. get to stay when everybody else gets laid off. So I want to go back to what you were saying, though, on that particular job. You said there was a there was a journeyman that wasn't really a good teacher. He was just making people run all over. Well, yeah, that was on multiple jobs. And then this one job stuck out to me till this day. And this was 12 years ago. 
you know. So where and, I was going to go with that though is coming into an apprenticeship, you have to understand, you know, let's go back to the college comparison because that's what a lot of kids are are considering is do I go this route or do I go college? Mm-hmm. College is going to be the same way. You're going to get some some professors that are phenomenal. They're going to drive your passion. 100%. They're going to really push you. They're going to teach you. And then you're also going to get college professors. And I've don't had them. Care anything they about are you? Terrible. They don't yep. care whether or not you learn anything. They're not going to go out of their way to explain anything. It's the exact same with an apprenticeship. You like that? You've got you've got some guys that are really going to do a great job of teaching you. Yep. You got some guys that aren't, and and that's where. In both of those scenarios, whether it's college or the trades, it's on you as the student to take the initiative. To take uh, the initiative yep. to, you know, if if Ask Matt's not telling me what I'm getting, I'm going to stop. And I'm going to go, Todd. What is this thing called, and why am I getting? It? It's a Hemingway. Yeah, go but get it. but even being an apprentice, <laughs> so and say Three you're say you're working with a disgruntled employee, but he's really good at what he's doing, whether it's a master, or whatever. He's just very efficient at what he does. He might not want to communicate. He might just be that guy that you just don't really want to talk to because he just ruins your day. Yeah. But you can learn a lot just by watching. Yeah, just Correct. watch. Watch what yep. he's doing and ask you an know. occasional question. Yep. My, my dad always said you have two eyes and one mouth. Yep. So that's yep. the ratio you should use. That, yep. I mean, that's accurate for an that's apprenticeship. A, I like that. And, and I will say, um, so on the Diesel and Iron channel, I just did a video that came directly from an apprentice that I've kind of been coaching. And one of the things we were talking about is she was really struggling with being new on a job site. She doesn't know where anything goes. She doesn't know the flow. She doesn't know any of this stuff. And I said, the the common problem I see a lot of apprentices make is when they're given instructions, they only hear the task yep. and they only think about the task. Move this from point A to point B. But what I told her is when you receive instruction in the trades, you have to go beyond, okay, here's my task. I need to finish the task. Why is it being asked of you? Why does that thing you're having to move need to move? Or why is it going to accomplish? What's it going to accomplish? Why is that moving the job forward? Where are you moving it to? That's important also, because if you move it to the wrong spot, guess what? Now it's in the way and you got to move it. You've got to move it again. Or, Or when you need it, it's halfway across the job site. So where are they having you put the thing? Pay attention to workflow. Yes, pay attention to workflow, workflow. staging, thinking yep. ahead. And that's you know. not always something you get an opportunity to ask a question about. And so, like I told her, if, if you're asked to move something, keep an eye on that spot where you moved it from, because chances are something's going to happen there that that, that was going to be in the way. Yeah. Somebody didn't have you move a whole bunk of plywood because they just, just felt just like for doing it. making you do it. Uh, exactly. I, I take that back. Uh, I remember one time, <laughs> the first time I was building a house, you know, it was one of those... There was nothing else to do, and there was a bunk of two by sixes, ten footers on one side of the house, and they told me to just carry it around to the back. And at the same time, I'm like, and, and "Why would we do that? Because I'm going to have to carry them all the way back to where I just take took them from." Do you know why? But it was just to see if I would stick around. No, well, probably that, but not only that. The worst How would I thing, do it? the that, and the worst thing I run into as an employer is seeing an employee stand there just and do nothing. Around. Yeah. yeah. Well, it back then it was different. Thing. Now it's even worse with the cell phone. Yeah. It infuriates me. Yeah. So, you know, if, if that particular guy doesn't have anything for you to do right that second, my brother used to have a saying, you know, the hardest part about being busy is looking busy. Yeah. yeah. So whatever <laughs> it is, God on his it is. So whatever it is, if, if, if your master plumber or whoever's above you, your journeyman or your foreman or whoever it is, they're task focused on something. They're hooking up a sewer or whatever. They don't have time to talk to you. 
straighten up their tools. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? Organize it. Put the material Grab in, a broom, in, in boxes. Clean up. Start picking up stuff that you know is not supposed to be there or, you know, whatever it is. Just look busy because that guy's going to get really upset with you if you're just standing there with yeah. your looking on your phone or He's the shoulder over the you. shoulder and guy. I'd yeah. say the biggest the biggest problem with phones is not just the phone itself. It's the problem of going back to what I was just saying. You you immediately go into task focused mode when you're on your phone because all you're thinking about is, oh, I'm done. I can get back on my phone. Yep. You haven't listened at all to the actual directions that were given. Correct. And so next time someone asks you to move something, you're going to go, well, where do you want me to move it to? Well, then yeah. you well, had to if you watch the, the workflow, you would know exactly, where it needs to be. But you've been on your phone the whole time. Yep. It's as simple as cutting a piece of pipe. Like if an apprentice is watching you cut a piece of pipe, they're going to know if you're down in a hole or working above or on a ladder or whatever, if they watch you cut the piece of pipe and then you scrape off all of the debris that's hanging there, they're going to watch you do that a few times. And they're going to know that when they cut a piece of pipe, they have they to do that it. too. Yep. Because that's what you need. Yep. Well, if they're over here like this with their phone in their hand, they didn't watch you cut that piece yep, of right. pipe. They just waited for the next direction. Yep. So pay attention to what he's doing. You will learn some tips and tricks. Most definitely. And, and just to go back to the phones, the other big reason that everyone wants you off your phone is the trades are dangerous. I mean, there's no oh, getting around. Safety it. is you number have one, to dude. pay attention. Things are changing on the fly. There's people walking around with tools. There's people above you. If you're in the excavating industry, you're talking loud machines and equipment that... Yep. That surprisingly, for how loud they are, they can be really quiet sometimes. You get immune yeah. to them, though. You, you do. You you very quickly get used you, to the sounds. You, and you the pick next that thing you tone, know, and then you wash it out of your brain. Yeah. Yes. And, and so the next thing you when know, you, you get complacent, that's when you, it gets dangerous. Yes. Yep. So it is, it is critical and crucial that you stay off of your phone when you're in the trades. Yep. So if I'm new to the industry and I want to become an apprentice, where do I go whether it's union or non-union, how do I, how do I even get an apprenticeship or find one these days? So the best thing you can do is if you have a family member that's in the trade, pick their brain, you know, say, Hey, you know, I'm thinking about getting into the electrical trade. I'm thinking about getting in the plumbing trade. I'm thinking about getting in whatever trade it is that you mm -hmm. want to do. Now, if what if not, they there's tons and tons of resources online. There are. Yep. There's tons. There's monster job. There's, I mean, there is literally tons of them and everybody is yeah. hiring right now. Or if you really, really, really want to win, pick a company that you think you might like and figure out, go online, figure out what time they open. Show up there at that time. Yep. You know, whoever's in charge is going to be there at that time. And yep. notice it. Yep. And walk in the door and say, hi. I'm so-and-so. This is a trade I think I want to be a part of. What do you recommend I do? Yeah. 99% of the time, that guy's going to go, holy crap. What are you doing today? You're hired. Yeah. Fill so with up. that being said, if you know what trade you're going to be going to, go online, Google, what is a startup kit for a basic apprentice? Well, go get your tool. No, just just have it in your car. You know, just I, have I don't it in your even car. know that you need to go that far. Uh, yeah, because I, I would say just show just up with it. a pair of work boots. Yep. All right, yeah. And that I, way, if the guy says, what are you doing today? You're prepped and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I, gotcha. I don't require any of my apprentices the day one to have any sort of tools whatsoever. Yeah. So what because, about when somebody tells me, I'm sorry, son, we're not hiring right now. Go right on go, down, go the road. down the road. Yeah, the next one. There's open. another one in in this in this economy with where we're at with the trades hurting so bad. You or, you can go find someone that's hiring. Or one better, try it again. Yep. 
that guy, you know, it's like a salesperson almost yeah. at that point. Yeah. You're, if you, you're, show you may up be, twice, you may think you're annoying, it, it, but they're just not ready for you right that second. Yeah. If you show up twice, they're not going to say no. Yep. I've, I've never in my entire lifetime, if somebody, I've had a kid call me two, almost like a second two or three update. times and I just had to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to. There was no way that I, I found that kid to be so, you know, diligent about it and nice about it. I was like, why would I not hire this guy? Yeah, absolutely. So being an apprentice, I get a job, yep. interview. Yep. What should I be wearing to to the interview? How should I be dressing? Not sweatpants. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Well, He's already know. made it past the, the gauntlet. Yeah, yeah. So. Where, where I'm the interview. You're, you're going to want to yeah. show up in your work attire. You Which know? is what? Blue jeans. Uh, what, what it depends on what kind of tra- trade. I mean, if you're, you're coming in for, I want to get an apprenticeship. I'm going to try to go in for an interview. I would say jeans in our industry, work boots, totally fine. Yep. Tennis shoes that aren't ratty. To- you know, it's all right. I would prefer work boots, but you can get away with shoes. Mm-hmm. But I would say dress the part. A polo shirt. Yeah. Do something a little nicer than a t-shirt. Do a mm-hmm. polo shirt or something. Construction casual. Uh, ultimately, what we're looking for as employers is, if you can did see you me? take 10 <laughs> seconds to, to even make an attempt at looking nice for this? Yeah. Because that shows effort. It shows that you're willing to put in a little work mm-hmm. versus just showing up in your t-shirt and yep. shorts. Yeah. So yep. Be I'm, presentable. Yeah. So I'm yeah. in an interview. Yep. <laughs> I'm interviewing for possibly a job or apprenticeship. Yep. What should I be asking these employers? What should I be looking for in response to make this a match? I'm going to, I'm going to go back to two eyes, one mouth. That guy's going to ask you some questions, only answer the questions that he wants to know the answers to. I mean, that's a good start. Yeah. And then I I would say after that, you know, if you get past that part, have some things for future expectations like what does like if i make it through the apprenticeship what does a job career look like for me in this company well you you know know what that brings me to what kind of work do you have that brings me to i i think exactly why this for a while and i just yeah blue collar narrative was started was you know in the trades i think before you pick a trade or you pick a job which i don't think maybe colleges are teaching people and maybe your parents aren't teaching you these things is before you pick something that you want to do, you know, you, you think you may be happy in it, whatever it is. But the reality is, is, is that job going to create enough money for you to be happy? What kind of lifestyle do you want to live? If you're fine with a very, very small amount of money, then it doesn't really matter what you can do. You can go work it as a cashier at the grocery store. So to rattle off a couple things, what trades actually have apprenticeships? Which ones might not? Official apprenticeships. So yes. official apprenticeships is going to be your electrical, mechanical, and plumbing. Those have real actual apprenticeship. Sheet metal has an apprenticeship program, but they don't actually have, I don't believe there's a sheet metal license. Like you don't get a card that says I am a master sheet yeah. metal guy. Yeah. Um, mechanical does not have a journeyman. They have either you are, you know, you get your mechanical license or you don't. So plumbing, pipe fitting, electrical is all apprenticeship, journeyman, certified licensed contractor. Yeah. So in in the excavating industry, you will only have a, a, a formal apprenticeship if you go through the union, in which case you will get a journeyman card and then you are a journeyman operator. And right. who has the apprenticeships there? 
in the dirt industry. So you're going to have to go through a, a local for your union and that's easily get on Google yep. and type in where you're at, you know, excavating you local union. And then for whatever city you're in and you should get some resources that pop up. Yep. And most of these, uh, union locals are actually going to have resources on their website that, that do a decent job of guiding you. They're not great. You may have to dig for it, but they'll at least get you started. Right. And at the end of the day, call and if up there's to the an union address, hall. If there's an address, drive there. Well, or Check or it just out. call there's up to office, the union yeah. hall because yeah, there, there's people there. They'll answer the phone and you can at least start asking your questions. And they will be able to point you, okay, go to this web address. Yep. Here's your apprenticeship application. Go to this address. Here's where you're going to go sign up for a testing slot. They're going to be able to guide you. Being yeah. in the dirt industry, what's the difference between a labor union and like the operating union? So that's a weird thing about our industry, the excavating industry, is you you can actually kind of take two different career paths. You can be a... It's not just yours. Brick masons. Um, they use laborers, I think. Yep. They use laborers. Oh, really? I didn't yep. realize yeah. that. I'm Carpenter. Learning. Yeah. It's not just dirt. So when Brick you can, masons, yeah. you can be... A labor, yeah. and you could be in the laborers union, or you could be a mason. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Same so, with uh, so a labor union. Concrete. The concrete labor union can go. Yeah. Concrete mason. You could be in the excavating. Any kind of union job that requires labor. That's just the union. Yeah. You know, being the labor. Then you got the operator union, where you got the heavy equipment operator. You got the actually, I believe the mechanics fall underneath that too. The mechanics do, and the, then the I didn't operators. Guys working in plants that are that are controlling a lot of the industrial equipment yeah, they're are operating yep. engineers. Yep. And yep. so they're in the same union as us that are operating the machines Correct. out in the field. So that's so, so I guess that's where I was, you know, start and try and figure out, hey, this is, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I think I want to do. And then also research, you know, what what kind of money does the market hold for that guy? If if you have these dreams of Granger of having a boat and a lake house and you know, whatever. You're probably going to want to pick a career that pays a little bit more than that. So where well, can I where can I go? The ladder is there where to can make I that go? happen. Yes. Well, I mean, there's there's ceilings to every trade, though. You know, there, there is, but but that's where you need to kind of set out when you get going. Do you want to just be? And I'll use my industry because it's what I know. Do yep. you just want to be an equipment operator? Right. There's nothing wrong with that. No. But you're probably not going to make more than about 80 to 100 grand. And that's working a lot of hours and having a pretty, yep. uh, that's going to be a hard career because yep. it's a lot of work. Now, you, if you want to climb the ladder, you can absolutely become a foreman, superintendent, project manager and start making crazy money. After yep. you learn the trade. After you yeah. learn the trade and you can get there, but you also have to be honest in the very beginning. If you only want to pull levers your whole career, you know you're not gonna you're, you're gonna not, stay you're there. gonna stay in this kind of yep, earning yep. bracket here. Yep. Yep. But that's in, in any in, trade. And well, that's any job. Really. It's yeah, any yeah. job, any trade, any anything. So yep. you have to kind of lay out a path. And this is the I think, like I said, this is what's missing out of a lot of educational system is somebody thinks they're gonna go into a job and they're gonna be Oh, I'm gonna make two hundred grand a year. Yeah, no that's, sweat. That's not the reality. No, it's just not the reality. And, so, and it doesn't matter. And this is where I do feel like the education system doesn't do a good job of talking about the trades because really it's the same conversation whether we're talking college or we're talking trades. Yep. You start an entry level position, and if you don't have any ambition, you're going to stay there. You're never going to make any real money. Never. Right. Well, let's talk about. I, I just get out of high school and I'm doing this whole apprenticeship thing and my grades were just horrible. School wasn't for me. What kind of disadvantage am I at trying to get into an apprenticeship? Zero. 
Yeah, why? Uh, that's the beauty of the trades. Yeah. Is why? Because yeah, I mean, talk to talk to the kid that you know he's he's trying to figure out his career and he's trying to get in, but he really sucked at school. Why? What I found, and I, I think everybody in this room has found, is book smart people don't necessarily mean that that transfers into a trade. Right. It doesn't. You and, do not have to know, you know, geography, history. None of that stuff applies on the trades. Math applies. Some a little bit of English. I mean, if you can scr- which, scribble. Which that some- kind of stuff, you know, if you're not, you're not that book smart or you have disabilities and, you know, mathematics, or, mm-hmm. but you're not disabled to the part that you can't learn it is just taking a test. I, I do know that there are certain like places that, you know, if you need to take an aspect test to get into be an electrician or whatever, yeah. you're not disqualified to be an electrician just because you can't pass the test. I think there are ways to go about to help them, you know, guide you through the test and help you. Absolutely. So, you know, just because if you're not a test taker, don't think that I got to take a test and just don't go that route. Well, the- look into it, ask questions, tell them you're you may have a disability in X, Y or Z, and they will help you through that and maybe put you in a room or give you a counselor to help you get through that test there's been, how I there's been some studies that show you know right brain left brain yeah right brain people are good at certain things left brain are good at other things so it chances are by default if you're not super good in school you're going to be really good with your hands yeah so by default if you're mm-hmm. not super good in school you're probably really going to accelerate in the trades i mean i i graduated high school with and even like if a, you are good at school you may accelerate times 10 in the trades. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Amazing generally people that want to work with the brain muscle yep. don't want to work with these muscles. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, I graduated high school with like a D. Yep. Me too. And I worked my way up to the food chain with ambition, hopes and dreams. Yeah. So, yeah. So I guess that's where I was kind of going with the guys that just weren't at the top of the class, at yeah. the top well, of the grade. Like I said, I think it's a it's a natural default thing. If you're not right brain, you know, then you're left brain. It's, it, mm-hmm. it, you're going to be good at something. Yeah. You just need to figure out what it is. Correct. There, now, there is one aspect of this that I want to talk about and I want to spend some time on to prepare kids for is you have to come into an apprenticeship with a thick skin. There is not a lot of talking nice and sweet to you in the apprenticeship it is in fact i would even almost say it's more difficult now getting into an apprenticeship simply because there is this there is this preconceived notion that kids don't want to work and so it becomes a weed out game for a lot of contractors right off the bat i'm going to get you to quit and then if you don't quit Okay, now I know you're worth something. But yeah. for the first handful of weeks or month or whatever it is, it's gonna I'm gonna make tough. you move a bunk of two by sixes yeah. for zero reason, the front to the just back to of the see house. if you quit, yeah. just to move them back. And so, yeah. and so that's where I, a lot of kids need to realize that you have to come into this with thick skin. And, and to go back to the example I was talking about about getting instruction, um, the the girl that I was coaching, I was telling her, you have to understand. I just told you, hey, I need you to move that stone pile from A to B in a really nice way. In reality, on a job site, that's going to be someone yelling at you. You've got to move that stone pile. It's filled with explicit, you know, explicit words and you're getting cussed at and screamed at. And then you're going to get in the loader. And because you're already nervous, you're going to screw something up. And then you're going to get yelled at and you're going to get screamed at again. And what you have to do, as hard as it is is you have to totally remove all emotion and through all of that getting yelled at and getting your feelings hurt, you have to go back and say, okay, hang on a second. What did he tell me 
He told me to move it here. Why? He told well, me that I needed to do it this way. Why? You need to remove all of those hurt feelings yeah. and you need to be able to actually take the information out of the instructions because and go forth with it. Believe it or not, the first time that you got told was the nice time. Yeah. The second time is not going to be so nice. The third time, you there, may not have a third time. Well, why, right? There isn't a third yeah, time. Most of the time, yeah. by the third time, you're out. Yeah. Well, why, well why, why would somebody even talk to me like that if this was me being new into the industry? Why would they come at why would they come at me with these vulgar words and, and that's yelling what, at what me? a lot of people don't understand. And I, again, I'll talk to the excavating industry because that's what I know. <laughs> yeah. You're talking really high tensions. You're talking, there's a lot of money on the table and the way that most of these jobs work. And this is with most of the trades. There is a really big bonus if you finish early and there's a really big penalty if you go over on the deadline. Yep. And well, from day one of the project, that's on everyone's mind. And that stress gets immediately passed down to the low man on the totem pole, which is you. Yep. But the tension is on the company. It's not on us, correct? Why would there be tension on the job and it would be reflected on me? I think it's just... When, when people are under general, pressure... It's just nature it's of the beast. Just it just happens. People snap quick. And the other Some thing people is, can work through it and not pass it on to the people lower or above them. But in, at the end of the day... 80% of the well, time you you're going to be I can pressure. speak to me being an employer is I'm going to ask you the first time as nice as I know how. Yep. And I'm a little rough around the edges, so I don't really in, in the corporate world, I don't know how to ask nicely. Sure. So my asking nice is probably a little rougher than most. Sure. My second time, I'm probably going to scream at you. Yeah. The third time, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to tell you to go home. Well, yep. and again, going back to what a job site's like, it's <clears> a dangerous work environment. So, so we don't have the time to, to get down on one knee and say, Hey, you know, you know, Bob, I appreciate what you're trying to do here. Well, but that is a live 480 volt circuit. And, and I prefer you not touch that with your bare hands. Right. We don't have time for that. Instead, it's get the F away from that wire. You're about to kill yourself. What are you doing? You idiot. Yep. Because you have to communicate that. And that was the nice time. And that was the nice yeah. time. The next time is the dead time. But that, but that's the thing is the, the consequences <laughs> right. in, in these professions are very steep the and very are severe. Yeah. You don't, yeah, you don't get second chances a lot of time. And no. so the only way that we're going to communicate is a way that it will be burned and singed into your brain and you will yep. never forget it again. Well, yes. and that's why on the job training is so critical with the tensions, with the screaming, with the hurry up, busy pace is... We're under the gun. You have X amount of time to do it. You only mess up once. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the way the jobs are bid. Yeah. That's the way everybody's under the pressure. That's Sometimes the way- it does feel like on certain jobs, you have a gun to your head the whole time and you need to almost woosaw, like get into like a mental state that you got to get past that. You got to yeah. just be able to work. You know, if you pressure. can't, if you can't, then you're going to be burning, yeah. burn yourself out well, quick. And, but. and you just brought up another good point because if it's not a safety issue, a lot of time in all of our professions, it's a monetary issue. Yeah. If you do a, a big enough screw up, there goes the margin put, for the entire job. You just put us under. under. It, at least that day. Yes. You know, you may have just totally foobarred that whole day. Yes. But being a, yes. an apprentice, go back to being an apprentice, you're not going to be carrying those loads. You're yeah. you're learning. You're coming up. Like those loads are on your superintendents, your foreman, your journeymen's, you know. But there's so, they're there for an apprentice. They, they are. And I'll go yeah. with this and even the dirt industry. You know, when you're starting to become a little bit of a trusted apprentice, you can say, Hey, jump in that loader and back up. Yeah. Move it back 10 feet. 
Well, if you're not paying attention and you run over a fire hydrant, yep, your whole that whole uh, that's yep. a, a week worth of revenue gone, gone, yeah, gone. Because now we've got to dig you it up and replace yep, it. You didn't yep. pay attention yep. for that split second. Yep. yep. So you know, as an apprentice, you have just as much responsibility, and they're going to give you little snippets of you know responsibility every once in yep. a while. Yep. And if you take the extra five seconds to walk around that loader and make sure there's no, you know, it's not chained down. There's nothing near it. You know what I mean? Hey, I can back up safely. Take that extra five seconds and just take the time because it could cost you your job. And on that note, don't ever make assumptions. If you've got a question, ask the question. I may answer you in an irritated way, but it's because I'm in, I'm neck deep in some project that wasn't supposed to be my project today. And you're just catching the heat off of that. Yep. But I guarantee you the way that I'm telling you right now is far nicer than if you made the assumption of, oh, I can just back the loader up and you yep. hit that fire hydrant. Yep. It ain't going to be as nice as it was yeah. the first time. That's, that's your last day. Absolutely. Well, yeah. you're not always going to fit in with every company either. Well, and no. that's you're, true, too. You're going to have to find yeah. other crew. Yeah. Yeah. I promise companies. if you back over a fire hydrant, you're not going to fit in that company. You will not fit in with that company. <laughs> you, you wouldn't Anywhere. want to be around me right then. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I've, I've, I've seen it like in the field watching you know i've had young guys come to me in the office and i don't have anything to do with the actual trade you know i'm just overseeing the whole project they're like oh my gosh i can't do anything right when i'm working with x y or z they're just assholes you know they're bad they're mean they're driving it to me 24 7 (laughs) i think they get the point but it, it, it goes to that point and then all of a sudden you know they you stick that person with a different group of mentors or journeymen and it then they're happy yeah. you know it's just there's certain people that are they shouldn't be being the ones that are overseeing new guys and, and on that you note know? it can get intense on job sites and yeah. you have to be so ready always, for it. I, you know, when i was going through the the apprenticeship process there was yeah. one one superintendent in particular that would was unrelenting would not let up and at one point he just told me go home and i'm like like, like now? fired, go home. And he's like, just get, the, and this was swear word laden. Mm, he yeah. was in the middle of eight things. Get the F off the job site. Yep. And I'm like, okay. So I drive home and I'm going, okay, do I call the union hall? Do I call my parents? Do I call mom? Yeah, do I call, I need someone to cry to, uh, do I call my, my hiring person at this company? And then about seven 30 that night, I get a text. I need you in the loader first thing tomorrow down at the other end of the job. Yeah. Like that's the trades in a yep. nutshell is, yep. is when you think you're failing. And the whole time you haven't slept in three days because you 100%. thought you did. Yeah. yeah. So and that's just the let it go. Are just, you go have back to thick skin, clean it off let your it shoulders. Yes. Let it go. So one more thing I want to bring to the table that I, I believe that apprentices and somehow this slipped away from the general population punctuation being on time. Yes. Yeah. In the trades, at least when I first started in the trade, I think it's getting a little bit more lackadaisical, but if you follow the simple plan, uh, you won't fail. Ooh, Greg's easy, simple plan to success. Yes. Wait, should we like show write it down this? Yeah. Write it on down. time? And on Do time is... Do not be late. 15 minutes early is officially is on, on time. time. And I, I don't think that's communicated to the younger crowd. No, not at all. 15 minutes early is on time. Yeah. You're not so showing up to McDonald's to clock in at 6.05 because you got a 15-minute window no, of being late. No, no you, you're time, there 15 minutes early. If you early. start at 8, it is 7.45. Yep. yep. 
And I just don't think that anybody has actually, I mean, I've seen guys literally be fired for being one minute late. Yep. Mm -hmm. One minute. And it doesn't seem like a big deal, but as a general foreman or a superintendent, you have to set that precedence. You have to. Well, it's the thing is, is so many of the roles on these job sites are totally dependent upon one another. Your mainline hull operator shows up 10 minutes late. Well, guess what? The whole job site is sitting Does there waiting move. for him to get there. Then he's got to warm up his machine. Then I'm, he's got to grease e- it. Then he's got to. Yep. I'm not even going to go that far. The I'm going to start off with a very simple. I told you to be here at this time. Yep. If you're one minute late, you didn't listen to what I told you. Yeah. So the, what if I tell you don't touch that? Are you going to touch it? Maybe. And, and I was about to say, yeah. and that's. The initial knee jerk is that's a control issue. It's an authority issue. The fact of the matter is it's a safety issue. I have to be able to trust that if I tell you not to do something, you're not going to do it because the consequence could be death if you don't listen to me. And it's, I told you to do it. So can you follow directions or do you not Mm -hmm. care? So show up on time. The other thing is, is people don't, I guess they, they think the trades are kind of a free for all and they're like, yeah. I don't feel like working today. I'm just going to call in. Yeah. The more yep. times you call in, the less likely you are to keep a job. Yep. yep. Uh, we, as tradespeople, look at attendance records. If Johnny's been off, you know, four times in a month, he's probably going on my layoff list. Yep. yep. I have to be able to count on you every yeah. single day. Yeah, it's truancy. Yeah. I mean, in school, they give you a certain amount of years, days you could miss in a year. But big companies, and that's the other thing in the trades, is there is layoffs. There is slow times. Yep. And how you get on that list is truancy, being late. You know, there's a number of things. Uh, screwing up is not one of the things that usually I put on the list. Yeah. Screwing you know, up is an expectation. It's an expectation. Yeah. You're going to get yelled at for it, but everyone <laughs> expects you to screw it's, up. It's yeah. a learning curve. The it, controlled things are if you're how not, many times did you're not Johnny doing take off? How many times did he not show up? No show, no calls. You know, those things right there are immediate. You're the first person. Gone. Goodbye. Yeah. Blacklisted. Yep. So I do want to end on a positive note. As as scary as we've made the apprenticeship Yeah, we went down a scary and, rabbit hole, but you know, it's... it's it's better for kids to come in eyes wide open and really set the expectation right off the bat. Because one thing that I've found through the Diesel and Iron Channel is expectations are never communicated. Yeah. And so these kids just come in and they go... Well, if I suck this bad, I should never come back. And then and then you fall into the trope of, well, kids just don't want to work. Well, yeah. no, it's they feel like they've failed nonstop since they got here. Yeah. And so to set that expectation that you are going to spend a lot of time as an apprentice feeling like a failure. Yeah. We all did. I felt like a total only failure. only make you stronger. But if you stick it out and go through that, you'll emerge on the other side and recognize, oh, everybody else that I'm in the trade with went through that process. Yep. We're the ones who stuck it out. And at the end, if you get through that, you have the tendency of producing amazing apprentices later and teaching them because you know the journey that you went through and you can help them get through those steps. And and it is, all of these trades are really, really rewarding careers. I mean, we're doing this podcast because all four of us really love and are passionate about our career even though we had to go through all of the struggles and the hardships of going through the apprenticeship and everything. Yep. So, so rest assured, if you do decide to follow this career path, it is 100% worth it. You will have an awesome career and you'll love it. And then maybe one day you'll have your own podcast. But what's, yeah, exactly. But what's different <laughs> about the trades is we make you work for it. 
Correct. In the white collar world, you just kind of get thrown in. You sneak through the grapevine. That might be how you want to close this up is, you know, I'm going to chime in one more time. And I've said this on this podcast. I've said it on the other is the trades does not reward the lazy. If you're not going to put in the work, you're not going to get the reward. Correct. Period. If you're not willing to put in the work, the trades are not for you. No. We'll just uh, that's a nice tidy bow on that. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for joining us tonight. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Rick. And there's You're Rick welcome. with the smooth outro. Thank you Rick. But uh but yeah, seriously, thank you guys for joining us. Look forward to next week. Absolutely. We'll catch you then. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.